Julian Edlow here for DraftKings. The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. Conference tournaments, Final Four, to win it all, you name it, it's all available on the DK Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code ROSS. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code ROSS. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccp.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort located in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 160 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. If you'd like to make your NFL games a little more interesting, you've come to the right place. It's the Even Money Podcast with Ross Tucker and Steve Fezzik. Yeah, Vegas, baby, Vegas. It is the Even Money Podcast. We have one of these bad boys for you each and every week. He's the star of the show, Steve Fezzik, the only two-time winner of the Super Bowl of professional football gambling. He is the guy over at the Westgate Casino, the Super Contest. He did it. Google him. It's there. Check him out on Twitter, at Fezzik Sports, and only at Fezzik Sports, I might add, there are imposters out there, except nothing but the original at Fezzik Sports. I'm Ross Tucker, the former NFL offensive lineman. We love that we're getting a bunch of new listeners, and we love that you guys are spreading the word about our show. Not surprising, given that the climate now with legalized sports betting popping up in a bunch of different states, and I might add, the success we had last year. You know, it's it's not really a secret. If you're winning money for people, they're going to want to listen to you So and hear what you have to say. So you guys know the deal. Uh, we're going division by division, getting you ready and getting Steve's thoughts on these divisions and answering your questions about gambling. Uh, I know a lot of you have it, sports betting. Steve is the guy. To ask. Steve, you ready to rock and roll? I am. All right, so we we each had a bunch of good bets the last couple weeks for the AFC South and the AFC East, especially I felt like the AFC East, but there was a couple we both liked in the AFC South, one we disagreed on. Uh, but let's get to the AFC West. I know you have the total numbers in front of you, Steve, and th- we talked about this a little bit when we went over the playoff odds and I was really, really surprised when, when I saw what the chargers playoff odds were seventh among all teams and third in the AFC. How is that reflected in their win total number? And what are you thinking right now? The opportunity is with the chargers as we do a little bit of a deep dive here. I'm not sure there is any opportunity. The Chargers season win number is anywhere from nine to nine and a half. So it shows even the bookmakers don't have any kind of consensus just how good this team is. Analytics, darling, um, great 
defense last year led the NFL in points allowed for the season, um, yards per play differential, ultra solid at plus .6. But bottom line, Ross, do they have enough of a home field edge in L.A. there to justify them having to win 10 games to win your bet? That's a good point. I mean, you have to think, though, with the playoff odds, with, I mean, the, the, the Vegas thinks that they're the third best team in the AFC. Is that reflected in the season win total numbers, too? It is, and I think that while they may well be the third best team in the AFC, ultimately their season could crumble because they lose close games at home. And remember, when they play a home game like against a team like Oakland, they have no home field advantage. If anything, there's certainly going to be more fans rooting for Oakland than rooting for the Chargers. It's a good point. I, I think that they've got a lot of good personnel, Steve, at a lot of different positions. I mean, they still have, I think, Rivers is top 10 quarterback still. You look at what they've got on defense. I mean, Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa coming off the edge. Then you have a, a safety, a, a corner like Casey Hayward with the way he played last year. And then at receiver, Keenan Allen, at running back, Melvin Gordon. You know, they, they do, Steve, check a lot of the boxes of things we look for from good teams. Absolutely, and frankly, if the Chargers had been winning 11 games a year, we would have their season win number at 11. Team here, but how much can you look at that personnel and checkmark them to be the clear-cut playoff team when they just historically have never done it? That's the other question I had. You know, you read a lot of stuff out there um, from Warren Sharp and other buddies that we have um, that do the analytics stuff, and, and they'll tell you that there were a number of questionable coaching decisions made by the Chargers last year. Obviously, they had major, major issues in early in the season with the kicking position and, and field goal kicking. My question is, now that they presumably have a better kicker and that it's year two of the head coach, he was a first-time head coach, how does Vegas treat that? Do, do they look at a guy and say, well, he'll improve in year two as a coach? We do. We still, still have major concerns. And you talk about the end games and the poor coaching decisions. Anyone who watched the Chargers play in Denver last year lost their minds, regardless of who you bet on, because Coach Lynn and Coach Joseph literally were making horrendous decisions left and right how much will they improve? The problem I have, Ross, is that, and this is, I say this about half the coaching staff, so I really shouldn't pick on just one or two coaches. How hard is it to call someone and say, look, it, I got 101 things I got to do during the course of a season. I need someone to tell me when to call timeouts. I need someone to tell me when to go for it and when not to. And when you put it on the head coach having to make that decision, inevitably he makes the wrong decisions. Copy off. Belichick, he is a very smart person that tells him what to do. Copy off Philadelphia. Peterson, very smart person. Ivy League tells him what to do. Do the same thing. Yeah, you know what? You're right. They, they do have those kind of guys. and it, it seems like everybody should have those guys. I guess I read where there's not a single analytics employee for, this, for the L.A. Chargers. Not one. And one thing is that you know this term analytics is somewhat overused. i got to tell you, as a professional better and handicapper, 
I see a whole lot of new professional bettors and handicappers that talk about how they are utilizing analytics to win in sports betting. But yet I've never seen these guys ever place a bet in Las Vegas. So I don't know how they became such great experts. But um, I think you, you have to just know basic strategy. It's kind of like a blackjack card counter. Before you start counting cards, you just need to know, hey, I got a 12, the dealer is a 2. I got a hit here. It's a no-brainer. And then you can go to the advanced level. There are times that you would stand if there's a surplus of 10s. By the same token, it's fourth and one. You're in your opponent's territory. Basic strategy is to just go for it. If you always follow basic strategy, you'll be pretty much fine, but not optimal. These guys have no idea how to play basic strategy. They're just guessing. I think that's fair. Uh, the second team in the AFC West on the season win totals is, Steve. Number two team is the Oakland Raiders. This one's real close. Oakland and Kansas City are both anywhere from eight to eight and a half wins. So I would call it a tie for second, but I would go ahead. You know what, actually, let me... Based upon latest numbers, Kansas City is edged in front of Oakland. So Kansas City is Vegas's number two team. Got it. Uh, okay, so then let's let's talk. You're right. That, that, let's talk Kansas City then. What what is the over under for Kansas City and Oakland? Just so I know. I'm going to call Kansas City eight and a half with vigorous to the under. I'm going to call Oakland eight with vig to the over. So they charge the bookmakers charge you a little bit more money, but to keep it simple, eight and a half for Kansas City. So for for LA, I, I I think that that number is probably just about right. Um, I don't think I would I don't think I would recommend the over or the under based on the things that we talked about. Um, as for the Chiefs, I got to tell you, I, I I'd probably lean under Steve, just because I think that their defense was decimated. I think that they're going to be in some shootouts. And I believe that Patrick Mahomes is going to turn the football over. And I think it's going to be entertaining as heck. But I think they're probably looking at seven, eight wins. I think it'd be more likely to get to six than than to nine. So I don't know that it's, you know, that I'm saying you definitely need to take the under. I, I don't know that I would put units on it, but that would definitely be a lean for me just knowing about, you know, a first-time quarterback who, I mean, let's be honest, he he turned the football over a lot in college, and he's a guy that, you know, is, is kind of a gunslinger. I would lean under for the same reasons, just a little, some numbers to back it up. The Kansas City defense gave up 5.6 yards per play. That's not good. League average is right around 5.4. So with the below-average defense, uh, they had an elite offense last year with Alex Smith, but they're also plus 15 in turnovers last year. That really helped them as well. Mahomes, of course, is the wild card, but if he does have turnover problems, even if he is an okay, capable quarterback, meaning Kansas City will have an above-average offense, that defense will negate it, and they look to be an 8-8 eight eight team, and they have one of the most difficult schedules in the AFC, I'd lean under the eight and a half. Do you? I'm I'm curious. We know what they were last year. The fact that they have a second year quarterback, we look at that. But do you look at it 
in comparison to like Alex Smith and how well he played last year, because Alex Smith played really well last year, hardly ever turns it over. So when you look at what their numbers were last year and what they finished last year, and then with Mahomes, it's not only is there a chance he turns it over a decent amount, Steve, but if he turns it over a decent amount, that's a huge difference from what was happening with Alex Smith before that. Absolutely. And I wonder whether we're not seeing so many NFL teams that are looking at the success of the Eagles and the Rams and saying, and of course, Seattle previously, and they see the model of, oh, all I need to do is have a capable quarterback on a rookie deal, and I'm going to have so much more money to spend on everyone else. And that formula has worked so well that I'm going to employ it. It all makes a lot of sense, but it assumes that your rookie or your second-year quarterback can play, we're going to have to see with Mahomes. Let's keep it moving. The Oakland Raiders. We've got the Raiders. And uh, do you have a lean there again? You said they were at eight with the vigorous to the over. So basically, because we always have to think of it, Steve, we got a lot of diehard listeners, but there's more and more new ones each week. So Kansas City eight and a half to the under, leaning un, uh, with the with the vigorous leaning under, and Oakland eight with the vigorous leaning over. I guess my question is is how much of a difference are they saying there really is between Oakland and Kansas City, and at what point would that would they be identical? Like at what point is it okay if they're eight and a half, you know, um, minus two fifty or whatever, you know, when it's stuff like that. How, at what point is it like, okay, actually, they're, they're even now? Great question. And in general, a half game, a half win is worth about 50 cents in pricing. So if you see Kansas City under 8.5, and, and they're currently right around like minus, I believe, $1.30. So if I take it to the nearest decimal point, I would call their season win 8.3. The Raiders are at 8, but their, their over is minus one thirty. So I would call the Raiders season win number 8.2. So they are razor thin, the difference between the two. Having said all this, I tell you what, Ross, I think Oakland under eight catching plus $1.10 is one fine wager. Everything about Oakland is like the NFL classic 101 sharp betting to fade them. Gruden, ultra sexy, always on TV. The public loves him, hasn't coached in 10 years. Is he even going to be an average coach? I don't know. And he's making $100 million a year. That can't be good for, I don't know, team chemistry and the like if he's not a great coach. And the fact they're moving to Vegas in 2020, Vegas has adopted them, the sports betting capital of the world. And because of that, their numbers are always inflated. At least they have been similar to the Vegas Golden Knights lines. And further, you look at the reputation with Carr and the wide receivers they're supposed to be great, and Crabtree and Cooper both had 1,000-yard seasons. I tell you what, I'm looking at their wide receivers. Ross, there's a whole lot of questions this year. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I, I think there's a lot of questions really throughout the roster when you look at it. And I'm not even sure there aren't still some questions about you know Derek Carr after what happened last year. I, I think it's fair to wonder – you know, if he's going to be able to get back to that that MVP-type form or not. 
yeah, three broken bones in his back um, that knocked him out of one game last year, came back too quickly by all regards. And also there's the lingering issue of the game when they went to Washington and they were 2-0 and and looking like they were going to repeat the 12-4 and season of, the, of a year ago or something similar to it. And Carr came out publicly against all these anthem protests and the like and basically had a mutiny that game where his offensive line just didn't block for him. And I wonder the lingering impacts within the locker room of what might be going on there. It's just another concern. That's interesting. And yeah, I mean, the fact that they're moving the new, you know, what about in Vegas, Steve, getting a boost from a new coach like Gruden or like a, a well-known coach like Gruden? I mean, have you seen this? Because there are years where teams get a new coach and, and they get a boost from that guy, especially that first year. And it seems like especially if it's like a guy with a reputation. Yeah, you know, I think it depends coach by coach. I wanted to ask you, Ross, and maybe it's a non-issue. Isn't it a lot easier to be motivated by a young, hungry coach that's not getting paid that much um, does it really matter or does it matter when you're a player and you're seeing a coach like Gruden come in and get handed a hundred million dollar guaranteed contract? How does that make you feel as a player? Whew. I, I, I don't, I mean, I guess the, I, I don't know, Steve, it's a good question. I mean, I, I guess you feel good about the fact that the coach has proven he can win a Super Bowl. And I think because of all the media stuff and the, all these players have been watching him on TV for years, I think sort of his reputation precedes him. And I think that they're probably excited. I think they're probably pumped up. And I think they probably think we got, we got a great coach. Frankly, I think that they probably think he's a better coach than he really is or than I think he is. Yeah, and a lot of times perception can be reality that as long as you're as long as you believe in your coach, that's what's really important. Whether um, he really is a top 10 coach or not might not matter as much in terms of the effort as long as you, you feel that way, right? Correct. I, I think that's probably pretty well said there. So we'll see. So, all right. So then let's move on. Finally, uh, the Denver Broncos. And where are they, Steve? Denver Broncos are at seven season wins. If you want to play over, you have to pay a little extra vigorous, but we'll keep it simple, and we'll call Oakland seven. This is probably my my favorite bet of of the entire division. I like the over. I, I think that uh, the difference between having a legitimate quarterback and not is monumental. I think it gives a boost to the entire team, offensively and defensively. I still have some doubts about the coaching staff there and also, you know, losing a guy like, you know, Akib Tlaib. But I just think Case Keenum, what he did in Minnesota last year, even if he's not able to totally go ahead and replicate that, I, I still think that there's a lot of value in having him there. And I, I would definitely lean to the over and, I know we're not officially doing it yet, but I I would say uh, I feel pretty good about putting a unit on the over. Yeah, and I'm with you. I'm concerned about the coaching staff, of course, but if there's two teams that you could make the case 
that their statistics last year were biased because the defense got so discouraged by horrendous quarterback play. I'd say the Giants and I would say the Broncos, where you you really had issues where I know NFL players don't quit, but it is hard to be motivated when you are an above-average defense, if not an elite defense for Denver, and you're watching Simeon go out there trying to play injured, and when he's not playing, you've got situations where you've got Paxton Lynch and company going in and messing up the game. Game after game, you've got a minus 17 turnover differential. The Denver D still held their opponents to under five yards per play. If you, you just get a capable effort out of Keenum and an average offense, this is a playoff team. Got it. Uh, let's get to, uh, what, what, so you agree with me on the over. All right. So let's, let's kind of, and I agree with you. So let's, let's recap all four of them and where are we at for people? All right. So start with the chargers. They are at nine or nine and a half, but we're saying nine and a half and you and I are both essentially passing, right? I would lean under at nine and a half. Philip Rivers, he's got to prove to me that he can get that team to 10 wins. Got it. Okay, uh, let's get to the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City is at eight and a half. I will lean under the eight and a half. All about the questions of is Mahomes an average NFL quarterback? I don't think he will be in his first year starting. I would agree with you on both the Chargers and the Chiefs. How about the Raiders? The Raiders under would be my best bet. I don't see them as a 500 team with all kinds of questions, but the public loves saying, Ross Tucker, you love saying, say it. The, the, what are they? The Raiders. Exactly. <laughs> Under eight. Um, and then we've got, finally, uh, and, and by the way, for the Raiders, um, I'd probably lean under, but it's not a strong lean. I got nothing on the Chargers, and I would definitely lean under on the Chiefs. Finally, Broncos, you and I both agree. Uh, are we putting a, are we, you, you feel best about the Raiders. I feel best about going over on the Broncos. Yeah, I'll make my best bet the Raiders under for two units, and I will make the others just leans. Got it. I would go, I would go Broncos over seven would be where I would be with that. Let's get to a question, Steve. And this comes to us from Joe Rizzo. Joe Rizzo. He gave the show a review. You can get you can ask a question just by reviewing the show. I love it. Joe Rizzo. He he hit us up and he said um, and by the way, all I, as I mentioned, all I did was review the show, which is pretty cool. He said, I've heard a lot of people say the Pennsylvania sports book law, uh, sports book law is awful. I'd like to ask Steve his opinion of what needs to be changed so that we will be able to bet some football games this upcoming season. And if he thinks sports books will be up and running by the NFL opening weekend, love all the podcasts. Thanks, Joe Rizzo from Erie PA. Now, I don't know how closely you follow. And thanks for rating and reviewing the show, Joe. And uh, we really appreciate it. And we will... Um, we'll let you ask any question you want when you rate and review the show. So anyway, uh, go ahead, Steve. I don't know how familiar you are with it. I'm following it, maybe not as closely as some other people, but essentially it's like a 36% 
uh, tax or 36% hold the state wants right now, which is uh, evidently insane. Well, first off, Joe is going to be very pleased with my NFL power ratings. Fly, Eagles, fly. I have Philly rated my number one team to start the year right now. Um, of course, that assumes Wentz will be behind center to start the year. The, um, the problem, my understanding of Pennsylvania, is that it isn't the 36% tax rate. That, I think that that's fine. It's that they want to charge a licensing, I don't know if they're calling a franchise fee or a licensing fee of $10 million for each operator that wants to book sports in Pennsylvania. That is a horrendous idea, and here's why. Ideally, you want a whole lot of operators to come into your state so there's good competition. You don't want a monopoly where only one book is there, and then they can basically charge whatever they want, not even minus 110 lines, but charge people minus $1.15 or minus $1.20 to bet on sports. And with that barrier to entry of $10 million, some of the other operators that are thinking, boy, maybe I should look to book sports in Pennsylvania, but I mean, think about the uncertainty. I got to pay $10 million just to get in there. What happens if the revenue projections are not there? I'm going to get a significant tax off of them. You know what? Why would I set up shop in Pennsylvania? I'm going to go ahead and set up shop in Delaware and New Jersey, Mississippi, and I will look to see what my revenues are before I put my toe in the water with that onerous of a fee. They got to get rid of that in my Pennsylvania. Yeah, I mean, I, it's it's not good, and I just don't think many of them are going to set up. You know, I know people in Philly; they're all going to Delaware. You know, so and and they'll even obviously be able to go to Jersey. All the Philly people, so they're going to have to figure it out if they want people to actually bet in the state of Pennsylvania. Speaking of figuring it out, here's the deal: if you haven't already. You got to check out the jeans and the t-shirts over at Mott and Bow. Just use the code Tucker or Money, either one, M-O-T-T-A-N-D-B-O-W.com, MottandBow.com. Love that we were able to get this to you guys a day earlier this week. Next week, we will finish up the AFC. We might even double dip, but I like getting your email questions as well. So keep them coming. Ross at RossTucker.com. Take advantage of any of the sponsors over on the sponsor page. We'll have a new Fantasy Feast for you tomorrow and Thursday. And, of course, Andrew Brandt breaking down these holdouts and the Josh Gordon stuff on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast tomorrow. Other than that, good luck, everybody. Hope you guys win some money. Thanks for listening to the Even Money Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, the Fantasy Feast Podcast, and the College Draft Podcast, all available on iTunes at RossTucker.com or wherever podcasts can be found.